You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTEP preseason podcast with UTEP head coach Joe Golding previewing the season. Coach, uh, we do this all the time. I appreciate you uh, doing this uh, again with us. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I appreciate uh, everything that you do for our uh, basketball uh, program. I know uh, you guys, you and Steve, do a ton. And then your minor talks after games, I know, get a little rowdy uh, from time to time. If, if I learn one thing in year one, it's not to listen to minor talk on the way home after a, after a loss. Um, but, you know, also, I, I know this, man, we got a lot of passionate fans. And obviously, you do a great job of getting them and getting them riled up and getting them fired up. And, and you'd rather have guys, whether they're talking good or bad, they're talking about minor basketball. And that's what's important. So, uh, appreciate you guys and everything you do. You know, it's interesting. This is year four of Minor Talk, and I, we I talk with Sal, the co-host, about this all the time. Football's big, and, and we get a lot on football, but basketball's on a whole other level. People know basketball more than us, more than anybody here. Like, people who love UTEP basketball have such a high basketball IQ. Isn't that a cool thing? Yeah, I think it's really cool, and I think they're, they're smart basketball fans here, you know, and that's what I, I admire and I respect about them, you know. I, I think... Um, you know, sometimes uh, you work at places where they don't quite understand the game or understand things, and I think our fans do. They're very knowledgeable of the game. They understand the game. They know what good basketball looks like, um, and, and they respect good basketball. And when you don't play that way, they're going to voice their opinion, you know, and, and I respect that. I like that. They pay their money. Uh, they want a good product on the floor. They want to win uh, just as much as we do, and uh, that's why I took this job, you know, because it's a passionate fan base, and we got to do a good job of continuing to get fans in the dawn. Um, you know, it's the number one thing on the – the deal, if you want to win and compete for conference championships, you have to win at home. And how do you win at home, man? You pack the dawn, you know, make it one of the toughest places to play in the country. And so uh, we're on the right track. But again, back to your point, man, I, 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 uh, I'm proud of our fan base. I, I brag about our fan base, uh, even the ones that are uh, grippy and grumpy and, and old and 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 and, and uh, have their opinions and, and loudly uh, have their opinions. I love it, you know, because at least they care. Um, and, and you want people to care uh, care about winning basketball and care about minor basketball, and we definitely have that here. Well, I mean, think about it. Like the the gripey fans, they probably look at it and think this is a program that hasn't been to the tournament. I mean, hasn't won a tournament game in 30 years. Yeah, absolutely, and they deserve to get to. The tournament you know this was a proud program man look at the history on the banners you know and again that's one of the reasons I took the job here there's history here is it that way right now no it's not you know we're building this program back up to get there you know it's it's not in a place you know um last year we made headway um you know of competing uh, in this league, and then you know we have the ball tied with eight or nine seconds left, um, with with a chance to go to the conference semifinals. You know, and you get in the conference semifinals, now you're competing for championships. You know, you're you're 40 minutes away from playing from the NCAA tournament. You know, that's progress. Uh, now what we have to do is stay in the fight. You know, and then build this program. This is basically, uh, in a funny way, it, uh, it has become year one for us. That's right. Even though it's year two, you know, uh, we, we were lucky and fortunate uh, to keep a bunch of those guys back last year and kept them together. And I was so proud. They went from 12 wins uh, to 20 wins and lost Bryson, you know, and still went from 12 to 20. And they left here with their head held high. They left here competing at a high level. They had some really, really good wins, some things that we haven't done around this program in a long time. Uh, but then um, guys chose to go other places and, and we, we um, recruited a brand new team. And so 
Um, but can we stay in the fight? Can we continue to compete um, at a high level? But um, that's what this program deserves, you know, and that's what these fans deserve. But it doesn't happen overnight. I remember when we were building at Abilene Christian, I would get frustrated at times because it was tough. It was hard. Um, there's a lot of long nights um, and, and there's a lot of pain that goes along um, to get to, to get to the end of the journey, uh, which is the NCAA um, tournament. Um, but at the same time, um, it, it, again, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, Rome wasn't built in, in a day. It takes some time. It takes some adversity. Um, you got to build this thing the right way, and you got to get the, the bones and the structure in place. And I think uh, we're in the right, you know, right spot with this group, and, and hopefully we continue moving forward. Yeah, I think fans understood that because you knock off the top team in all conference last year in senior day, and it kind of culminates into that, right? Because it's yeah. the struggles early on. It's you know the Brad, the Bradley loss early. Yeah. You kind of reflect back on those, but then it's it's that development, the improvement going into the spring, and that's where fans got that little taste. Does that kind of get you excited, knowing like, hey, this was just a, a senior day win against the top team? What if we're the top team eventually? And that's what about if- changing the expectations of our program like that's a win that we should we should get you know we should beat north texas here at home you know i mean again that's uh we got to change the expectations we're trying to change the brand of utep like everybody thinks the brand of utep is we have a hell of a brand but that brand to your point is it's it's post history you know it's, right. it's way back in the day you know it's 12 years uh even even longer than that you know if you want to keep going uh for our history and so um we got to change the expectations of UTEP. We got to again, and how do you do that? You just got to stay in the fight every year. You know, you can't go from um, competing for championships and then go all the way to last place. You know, you got to stay. You got to stay in the fight. You know, you got to stay competitive, um, and that's the challenge for us this year. You know, with a brand new team, can we stay competitive in a league which brings a lot of guys back? UAB brings a lot back. Western Kentucky brings back. You know, North Texas is bringing guys back. Law Tech's bringing everybody back. Florida Atlantic's bringing everybody back. Rice is bringing everybody back, and we're not. You know, but can you stay in the? Can you stay in the fight? Can we build this thing and stay competitive and stay in the fight to a year where we do? bring you know guys back um so again that's the challenge that's where we're at um and, and it's a tough challenge um it, it's a it's a uh, utep right now is a tough job um you know to, to to rebuild this thing and get this thing back but if we all stick with the journey we trust the process uh, eventually we're going to get to the end goal which is the ncaa tournament yeah people don't understand is that when you talk about things like recruiting you, you got to bring them to west texas el paso and and for some people that's difficult for some families it, it's not as easy to do that and then even then it's easier if you're like in the east texas you're going around d- different circuits or stuff like that and you find the, the right player yeah they're around players more than we are here yeah. that's that's obvious um but i love recruiting to el paso anytime we get a recruit here they love our city uh they love the energy of our city they love the history of our program Program. We have a beautiful practice facility. We have a beautiful dawn. We have a beautiful campus. Everywhere we go, when we take our recruits to dinner. There's minor fans, you know, that again, they're passionate about basketball. They come over there, they feel that. Um, you know, when we continue to build our crowds, it makes recruiting easier uh, when they see, you know, who they're going to play from on, on a home court. Um, so, I just think uh, it was like the perfect storm, too. When I got the job, it was like all of NCAA was changing. You know, you had the transfer portal, which we've never had to deal with. You have NIL. So we're dealing with a bunch of different animals right now for the first time. Uh, at the same time, we're trying to build a program here, you know. And at UTEP, we got to catch up on that stuff. we got to catch up on NIL. we got to catch up on uh, – we got to figure out and navigate the transfer portal. we got to be better at retaining. But I don't know the perfect answer. You know, retention is the biggest thing. Right. How, how, can you, how can you retain it? NIL helps. Uh, in retention. We didn't have that last year, you know, to retain some of these guys. We have that now moving in the forward in the, uh, in the future. 
But let's be honest, we're never going to win the battles against the Power Fives on that. That's just not going to happen. Um, so we have to navigate. You can have the best relationships, Adrian, with these kids. And then at the end of the day, if there's a better opportunity for them, they're probably going to go to that opportunity, you know? And, and then, then you can have a year where you don't think you're going to retain, you know, some guys and maybe you, you retain them all, you know, just kids are different, you know, there's different reasons for different situations. And um, again, just navigating and figuring out um, the retention deal is a huge deal. We, we can't build this program the way we want to um, signing 10 kids every year. You know, if that's what we're having to do every year at our level, it's going to make this really, really, really difficult, you know, um, but I don't know the answer to that. You know, we're right. all navigating that. We're figuring it out. You know, like this year, we only have one senior, Shamar. Uh, how many guys do we bring back next year? You know, we have the possibility of bringing back 12. You know, if we could bring back, that's probably not going to happen, right, in right. today's world. But what if we bring back 8, 9, or 10? Now we're in a pretty good spot in year three. So, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to it again. Uh, we're all navigating it, but there's just a, di- a lot of different elements in play right now. You, um, off the court, Coach, what's it like being here in El Paso year two? I love it. I absolutely love El Paso. It's become home. Um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely home now. You know, the first year it felt like you're on vacation still, you know, from time to time. But now it's become home. Uh, our kids have adjusted great. Cason's at Coronado. He's playing football this year. He's going to play basketball. Um, Chase is playing baseball. He's playing football. They have friends. They're going to birthday parties now. They're going to FCA. They're going to homecomings, uh, where last year they missed out on that because they didn't have friends. You know, they didn't know anybody. And so that's been great. My wife's got involved. Um, she's the president of the Booster Club now uh, at Coronado. Nice. Um, she's involved on the board at St. Mark's. Um, she's involved in a big Bible study here in town. So they're connected. They're involved in the community. And obviously, I'm trying to continue to get out in the community. And But there's no question. El Paso has become home. We know our way around El Paso now. Uh, we know the restaurants. Uh, we know the spots to go. In fact, I went to one last week I didn't know about. Tony's Barbecue. Oh, my gosh. Why has nobody told me about that, huh? <laughs> I, I didn't know about Roscoe's till this summer, right? And then two weeks ago, somebody tells me about Tony's Barbecue. So I go down there by myself last week, and wow, you know, I'm going to go this week again. That's, no, that's one of my weekly spots now. Mustard, uh, pickles, onions. Uh, that, the, I got this what do you call, time and a half. I didn't go with a double because I didn't think I could make it through practice if I had the double. <laughs> uh, they throw a little chili sauce on there, but man, big time, big time spot. So again, El Paso's become home. We're embracing El Paso, um, and, and I love working here at UTEP. So you you were very uh, confident in the summer about just this team coming together, team chemistry-wise. Now that you kind of reflect on that as well, how how's the uh, chemistry developed? You always do the off-season retreats. What yeah. are those like? Yeah, um, you know, I think chemistry is the biggest thing. You know, at, at our level now, um, with what we just talked about previously with the portal and NIL and retention, I think chemistry at our level is the biggest thing because every year you're going to have a new roster, you know, um, and how do you how do you build that roster and then how do you have that roster come together? You know, we have 10 new scholarship guys on this year's team. They all had different roles last year on their team. How do you mesh them this year into their role? To the point you and I were talking about off the record is, too, is what roles do they play? Well, we don't know that really yet. We're figuring that out every time we practice, every time we compete uh, in a scrimmage, every time we're going to play a game this year. We're figuring our team out. Um, but relationships and the chemistry is the biggest thing. Um, I think we're off to a good start with that. I think the summer was good. I think this fall has been good. Our retreat was good. We went. We actually stayed here in El Paso this year for oh, our retreat. Nice. Last year we went up to Cloudcroft. 
Uh, this year we stayed here. We rode some ATVs, uh, I think in the red. Red Sands. Red Sands, yep. uh, which was uh, awesome and scary yeah. uh, at the same time <laughs> when you have Calvin Solomon and, and Mario McKinney driving you uh, and trusting them. But we talk about trust all the time, and you got to trust them. And they have the handlebar there, and I'd be like, Calvin, I trust you, man. No handlebar, man. Take care of me, you know. But thank God we got seatbelts, and they got you strapped in. Um, and then we did uh, paintball. We went out and did some paintball, and then – uh, here in a week or so, we'll we'll do our cookout, our, our campfire. We're going to do it out on a piece of land here in El Paso where we uh, get together around a campfire and we talk life, you know, and talk real stuff. And so we'll do that before our Texas game. Um, so, again, I think all those pieces come together. You're building a relationship. You're building chemistry. Um, you got to go through adversity for, for that to really get strong. And we're going to have some adversity this year. It's just, it's just the way it's going to be with 10 new guys. Uh, on, on our team, there's going to be some adversity. There's going to be some tough points, and how how well can we stick together? You know, will be the true challenge in that. Um, but I like where we're heading in that right now. Your coaching staff is awesome, Coach. I really I really like what Coach Cox brings to the table. Of course, Earl Boykins being a great ambassador and, and recruiter for this group, and you get Spriggs now promoted up as mm-hmm. assistant coach. How's the coaching staff developed? Yeah, I'm really comfortable with that right now. Retention in that is important too. You know, yeah. um, it's the same as players, and uh, obviously we lost Coach Pierre to, uh, to Wichita State, but we were able to bring up. Brian Spriggs and he was ready last year to be honest with you he's been with us at Abilene Christian he understands what we're doing our culture the kind of guys we want to recruit um, the kind of guys that uh, how we want to build our program and, and the relationships that we want to build um, and so I'm excited for him to get his opportunity uh, Coach Cox has been around the game as you know a long time he's worked with some of the best coaches in the country he's been to the highest highest levels maybe he, he was at Kentucky you know he's at A&M he's at Nebraska um, he's at Texas Tech, um, and then having a chance to compete against me. Um, we do good cop, bad cop a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the good cop. I'm the high energy, positive, enthusiasm uh, guy. He's kind of the grizzly old bear, you know, uh, that, that's old school. And um, But we balance each other so well. Um, it, it's a great balance. And then Earl never has a bad day. You know, he's the most positive person, never has a bad day. You can chew Earl uh, and get on him, and, and he'll be like, all right, coach, you know, like, you know, come on, Earl, fight with me, you know, get on me a little bit. But that's just who he is. And then he's got a hell of a story. You know, any kid that wants to make it to the next level or has that vision or dream just don't come in my office go down there you know he's lived it he did it you know and he can pull out his phone and talk to any NBA player he wants to you know and so uh, that's important um, and, and that's great to have on our staff and then our support staff with Kevin and uh, we hired Austin Cox um, and we hired Ryan Stubb so those three guys um, are, are, are terrific and so I'm very comfortable with our staff. When we're talking about things like this defense, this is you. You showed us last year. This is a defensive-minded program. It has so much tenacity when it comes to the defense, and I think a lot of minor fans enjoy that because they love uh, defensive-centric teams. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this year's defense? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think we were very good last year defensively. And I know people around here, um, you know, thought that you know we played hard at times and we did, but I didn't think our defense was the standard that we had at Abilene Christian. I think this year's team, I don't know if we can get yet to that standard. That's what we're chasing, but I think we're going to be way better defensively. We're going to fly around a lot more than what you saw last year. Um, you know, we like smaller guards, quicker guards, athletic guards. We, we, we're trying to get more length, though, with Conference USA, which is what we added with Sibley and Otis. And then you have guys like Malik, Shamar, um, uh, Carlos, uh, Mario, th- those type of guys that can just fly around um, and, and – uh, and, and when, when, when we get caught in rotations and, and um, I think we're, we're average right now, maybe a little bit ahead uh, above average defensively. We've spent a lot of time on it. I think this team can be really good defensively. Uh, we got to continue to work um, on that in the floor, but um, I like where we're headed defensively. I think, um, I think 
I just think this community embraces that style. I think it's Coach Haskins. I think that's what he was. Uh, it always started on that end of the floor. I mean, I, I, I heard the story one time. Steve, his son, told me that Nolan, you might have heard the story, but Nolan Richardson, I don't know it accurately, but average like, let's say, 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever points a game the year before Coach Haskins got here. And Coach Haskins got in there and told him, hey, Nolan, if you want to play next year, you better learn how to defend. You know, And then Nolan became one of the best defenders uh, here at UTEP when he played for Coach Haskins in the rest of his history. He goes on to 40 minutes of hell and the pressing and becomes one of the best defensive coaches and wins a national championship. And so I think this I think minor, minor fans, this community, uh, you know, this community is so hardworking community. It just embraces that toughness, um, gritty type type attitude. And uh, I, I think that's what we're trying to bring. And I think I think you'll see that this year from our team. For the offensive side of things, it's about finding an identity. Yeah. But we talked about this off air as well. And you guys really developed an identity last year in the middle of the year. So I think that to set the expectations right, it'll take time for you to develop that identity. But where do you start to see that? Like, where do you start to see the identity? Yeah, we're figuring that out, you know. Uh, we, we, we want toughness on both sides of the ball. We want to touch paint on the offensive end, whether that's through the pass, you know, getting it inside to our bigs, um, or whether that's off the bounce. Um, we want to touch paint. I think we have a lot of guards that are that are physical. Um, they're, they're stronger guards than what we had last year. So getting in the paint, I think getting to the foul line um, through practices and scrimmages, we're getting fouled a bunch. So I think uh, – you know, getting to the foul line 25 times a game, you know, is going to be something that we can steal some points from and become a good foul shooting team. Um, but again, we're still figuring out we're not a great shooting team, um, but we're not a bad, bad, bad shooting team. We're just not consistent in that. We just don't have knockdown shooters out there. I think there's going to be games where we shoot the ball really well, and there's going to be games we don't. And in the games we don't shoot the ball well, uh, we're still going to have to find a way to stay in the game and win the game, you know? So, um, again, we're figuring it out offensively. We're not just stuck with, hey, this is what we've done for 10 years, and this is what we're going to do. Um, we're trying to figure out and put our guys in the best situations, best spots uh, for them to score. You know, at the end of the day, uh, our job is to put our team in the best, give our team the best chance to win. I think ball security, you and I talked about that, is, is huge for us. We're turning the ball over too much right now in practices. Uh, we got to take care of the basketball because we're, you know, last year when we got off the bus, we got off the bus with Sule at 20 and JB at 50. You know, we had 35 points to start, right? And the number was how do we get to 70, right? So how do we get that other, you know, 35 points? Where does it come from? It, you know, with Keontae out for half, you know, for, 75% of the season, we had Sule and JB. Well, how do we how do we come up with the other points? I think this year's team will be built differently. Um, we're not going to have 35 points off the bus like that. But I think we might, you know, in a perfect world, my, my vision is we have four to seven guys that average between seven to 13 points. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, so, makes so we're sense. getting it from yeah. four, five, six, or seven guys. Um, the problem is with that, you know, if you play 10 guys and you're rotating a bunch, who's good that night you know you just keep rotating guys in until you find the right the right group that's good that night so again a little different than what it was last year um offensively no question about that uh, it's still a work in progress it's going to take some time to figure that out to figure out roles um and and to adjust to, to that and the guys are adjusting to each other as well so i think that will take time but we'll figure it out uh backcourt leading the way is uh shamar givens from evansville we've talked about his leadership we've talked about what he brings to this team but his what really impresses me is when he he spoke to me uh, a while back. He talked about his desire to win, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of what you need, right? In a guard that they're hungered to win. He's he's had a tough time at Evansville over the past year. Yeah, and I think you and I talked about that this summer. You know, when you would interview our guys that we signed, I think that was one thing we hit on in recruiting was just finding guys with chips on their shoulders, finding guys that. Um, 
maybe haven't won to the level they wanted or had the role they wanted and, and trying to, you know, give them an opportunity to come here and mesh and, and, and find the opportunity to win. Shamar's a guy that wants to win. That's it. He just wants to win. You know, he's had he's he's a second team all league player in the Missouri Valley, which is a really, really, really good basketball league. He would have been a first team all league if they'd have won, you know, but they didn't win, so he didn't get the credit, you know. Um, so he's played at a high level. Um, he he's a guy that takes care of the basketball. He can get he can create shots for others and then he can get his own shot. Um, we're asking him to do some things on both sides of the ball right now that he's probably out of his comfort zone a little bit that he didn't do at Evansville. Um, but I think it's gonna make him a better player. We're making him at pressure the basketball on ball. On ball defense is huge for us the way we play off the ball. We have to be really, really good on the ball. And I didn't think last year we were really good on the ball till late. Sule really bought into that, um, at, at, to your point, in the middle part of the season. Um, and I think Shamar is buying into that. He's, he's, he could be elite at that on the on-ball um, defense. And then offensively, um, he's just not coming off a ball screen every time, you know, just a middle ball screen and then go play. We're, we're trying to, uh, you know, get some, get some movement, get to a pattern a little bit and some different things um, and, and get the ball moving in different ways. And then later in the shot clock, get to a ball screen with him, you know. And so he's learning to play off the ball a little bit more than he's always had the ball in his hands. Um, so, again, there's an adjustment period for him, but there's no question he's our guy uh, at that spot. Um, he's going to bring a lot of uh, leadership to that spot. He's a fifth-year guy with COVID. He's old. You know, he's played at Kentucky at Rupp. He won at Kentucky at Rupp. So he's got a ton of experience. Um, and um, to add the head of the snake being Shamar, we're in good shape there. Uh, with the rest of the backcourt, how does it shape out? You know, I just think we're too deep. You know, like uh, we, we have seven guards that we're kind of throwing around. So, you know, in a game, you could say we're too deep. You know, you look at uh, at the point, you have Shamar and you Malik. You know, at the two, you have Tay and Mario. And then at the three, you have Otis and Sibley. And then we have Carlos, who's been out for about a week and a half. Um, he had a back uh, spasms, and then he's had a pulled hand. I think he's going to get back uh, the week before the Texas game in practice. So then you have Carlos kind of thrown in there, you know, who can play a combo for you. So we have a lot more depth there than we did last year you know but again you don't have Sule or JB who have you know just the scoring capability Uh, but those guys can score when you look at Shamar averaged double digits scoring Malik was a double digit scorer Uh, I don't know what Rio scored I don't think he was double digits I think he was like (laughs) he could jump out the gym but we all know (laughs) the the athleticism and and the scoring capability of Rio Uh, and we're going to need him to play a different role for us and he did for New Mexico State last year I mean Let's think about New Mexico State last year for a second. And they had Jabari Rice, Teddy Allen, Johnny McCants, uh, McNair. Um, Talking about loaded. Loaded, right? And so he came off the bench, played a role, played 15 to 20 minutes. The game I was at in Vegas, I went to the championship game between ACU and New Mexico State, and I thought he was the best player on the floor. Like, he won the game for New Mexico State in that game. You know, he's got the capability to do that, you know, and we need him to be that type of player for us. Tay Hardy is a proven player in Conference USA, a double-digit score. Uh, we need Sibley to make a sophomore jump you know from a freshman year to a sophomore jump uh, he's adjusting he's playing a different position so it's not going to look great right maybe right off the bat he's adjusting uh, but we need him to hit open shots he's one of our better open shooters he hit big shots for us last year his role is going to increase and then you got Otis who both Otis and Sibley played the four last year Sibley played the four for us Otis played the four for George Mason we're trying to play both those guys at the three they might play some four for us uh, if we decide to go smaller again and try to score the basketball in different situations but um 
And then Carlos scored double digits at Chipola. So, again, those guys can score the basketball, but, uh, again, different roles and playing different ways. What I do like is depth, and I like that we can throw guys in and out, we can wear teams out, and we can get to the style defensively we want uh, because we are a substitution patterns. Do you think uh, Otis might be kind of breathing down uh, Sibley's – yeah, I like them both because they're long. They're different yeah. players, but they're bigger guards. Otis is more physical. He's very, I'm really impressed. Very, very athletic. Uh, he makes winning plays. He goes to the offensive glass all the time. He subs. He he played in gaps. Him and Sibley Georgetown played gaps. George Mason played gaps. <clears throat> so getting those guys aggressive, you know, and getting them up the line. It was easier last year for Sibley a little bit because he played the four. He could do that. Now he's you know guarding guards and 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 in, in our league, everybody thinks oh you know you got to be big, you got to be well. In our league, man, there's there's teams that play three guards that are six two or you know or smaller. You know now Sibley's six six, you know six seven, whatever he is, and he's trying to chase around a six three guard, you know, and guard him off the bounce and so and get out in passing lanes. But I like both those guys absolutely, and I think you can see both those guys playing together. Nice. Um, and at, at, at times this year, but yeah, he's pushing Sibley absolutely. You know, I mean, Otis wants to play. I mean, there's a reason they come, um, they transfer. They only play transfer most people because they didn't play or didn't have the opportunity, and they're trying to go to a place to play. So I love the competition. I don't think last year we had competition. You know, like Sule and JB knew there wasn't a whole lot of competition over there. And so we have what in competition makes as a coaching standpoint, makes guys do things right uh, because they know if they don't do things right, there's somebody right there that can come in and do it right. You know, so I like the competition. I like the depth. At the forward spot, I really like your two options. Jonathan Dosanjos kind of leads the way, but Calvin Solomon, great guy defensively. I've been really impressed with what I've seen so far. Yeah, big time defensively. He's put on about 15 pounds since he's been here since the summer. He's getting stronger. Uh, he's an alpha dog. Um, he just has that personality. He's tough. He's tough, but he's a high-level elite defender. Obviously, he, he got that in his DNA from Stephen F. Austin. Coach Keller uh, and Coach Cox early on in his career did a great job of coaching him up, so we're getting the benefit of that. Uh, but we need him to score more. You know, you look at last year, um, he was averaging about 13-8 and eight until about the last month of the season. Then it went down. I think he ended up averaging right at 10-7 and seven or something. But you go back to the New Mexico State game at New Mexico State, I think he had 15-9. and nine. You know, he was the best player on the floor, and he's going against Johnny McCants, who's a pro, you know. Um, who, how long was Johnny there, like 10 years? Yeah, exactly. And I think he's still there, man. <laughs> I'm sure Greg's GH trying to still suit him up. Uh, but you know, I have so much respect for Johnny. And, and Calvin played really, really well in that game, a game they won there. You know, so he's got a lot of experience. Um, and then and then John is so talented. Both those guys, in, in the simplest of terms, they can both dribble, pass and shoot, you know, but they do it with some size. And then and then there's going to be times. Call me crazy, man. But we're going to play those guys at the five too a little bit. And the way we play defensively, we can get away with that. You know, and we can play Calvin and John at the five and get a little bit better offensively um, with that lineup with those two guys at the five. So I'm proud of both those guys. John missed a lot of the summer with us because he was trying to finish up academically and graduate. Uh, from his JUCO, but he's done a great job of catching up. Um, he's now, I think, uh, each day in practice, you can see the light bulbs going off. You know, he's starting to understand everything we're doing, uh, and I think he's going to be a really good player for us. And the five, it's the two guys returning from last year. It's Zarek and Kevin, right? Yeah, and you know, everybody gave me a hard time around here. First of all, size is hard to get. Right. Right now, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's legal to say this or not, but it's really expensive, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I held to get size. But besides that point, I believe in those two, you know? And, and it takes bigs a while, man. I mean, you have to trust the process with bigs, you know? It just doesn't happen overnight. You have to develop them. We did a great job at having Christian develop. And you know, Colton Cole turned into a really, really good player. But um, for the first three years, people were wanting to get rid of Colton, you know? And then he, and he ends up could have been player of the year, you know, by the time he was a senior. It takes time. Um 
when you watch those guys in practice now, they're drilled up really, really good. Like they look like like high major bigs in their drills. Now they have to take those drills to a five on five play, and it just takes it takes game experience. Those guys need to play, you know. And there's going to be opportunities for them to play this year, you know. And there's going to be nights it looks really, really good, and there's going to be nights there's some growing pains with those two, you know, because that's part of it, you know. That's part of the process, you know, of developing those bigs. But I'm proud of both of them, you know. I I, I believe in both of them. I have confidence in both of them. Um, and um, I'm excited about it, both of them, and I'm excited about the future with both of them, you know, and they can both do different things. Yeah, speaking of Z specifically, you kind of feel like last year he did things that you were like, I, I, where did this come from? Yeah, they were, both, they were both different in their journey last year. Like right. Kevin played a lot early because he's really, really good defensively. Yep. Um, he's got a high motor. He guards ball screens really, really well, and he can rebound the basketball. Um, then you look as the year went on, Kevin kind of had the grind set in, and, and it's, it's the freshman grind, you know, he kind of hit the wall, and Z kind of took off later in the year for us the last 10 games Z really helped us you know um, and got some great experience started the old Dominion game and the uh, middle Tennessee game for us so uh, in the conference tournament and, and played really really well so uh, again it's just the trust in the process for those guys man and those guys need more minutes you know they just need to play and I think we can rotate both those guys in and out um, I think we can you know one plays two and a half minutes the next one plays and we and we wear out their their fives they have to both be good for us defensively they have to both get on the glass and rebound the basketball and then they got to make easy shots for us whether that's dunks you know rim rim level shots um, that they got to make those for us you know if Z's worked hard to expand his three-point game there'll be some opportunities this year for he's not going to shoot six a game you know but but he might shoot one or two a game. He shoot the ball better, and I think again, trust the process as we see Z continue to develop. By the time he leaves UTEP, he's going to be able to make that shot. You know, um, so um, I'm proud of both of them. Um, you know, uh, Kevin's nasty. He's grind. You know, he's grimy. He's tough. He's an alpha dog. Z's the nicest kid in the world, um, and, and we we need him to get a little bit nastier uh, and grimier for us and tougher uh, for us. But he's definitely heading in the right direction. Who's the sneaky guy on this team that's gonna that you think can emerge? It's it's a tough one because it's so early. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I know that. Yeah. Yeah, because you kind of have a pretty even mix right yeah, now. Yeah, they're all like in the scrimmage the the other night. Um, we played we played eleven guys, you know, in a forty minute scrimmage. Eleven guys played double digit minutes. You know that, that that's that's a lot of guys. Now, will we do that opening night against Texas? I don't know. You know, how many can we play? I do think. Um, if we continue going the way we're going, we're going to be able to play 10 guys. I like playing 10 guys. You know, you keep 10 guys involved, your locker room's better. Um, guys are getting the opportunity to play. I also think defensively, you know, we can go to where we want to go um, by playing 10 guys. Um, but to play 10 guys, you got to have 10 guys that can play, uh, you know, high-level Division One basketball. And so are we ready for that? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But um, there'll be a guy you and I will talk about, yeah. I'm sure, come January. They're like, darn, where did he, you know, like we knew he kind of had it, but he he took off. You know, when you have competition, uh, the cream always rises to the top. You're going to have some guys that, that separate themselves. Um, when it comes to just setting the right expectation, Coach, as, as we kind of wind things down, um, you talked about this off-air, but just setting the right expectations off a 20-win season, knowing it's a whole new team. I mean, that's that's one of the things that fans need to understand. This is an entirely new team. It's going to take some growing pains, but you you all hold yourself to a high standard either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to hold it. I mean, to, to what we said, we want to compete for championships. That's not going to uh, 
we're not slipping on that, Adrian. Now, can we get there? I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the challenge to what you said. It's a brand new team. It's 10 new scholarship guys. There's a lot of work we have in front of us to do that in a league with a lot of guys back. You know, I mean, we talked about UAB's got everybody back. North Texas got a lot back. Western Kentucky has a lot back. Rice, Law Tech, Florida Atlantic. Uh, we don't, you know, and so can we mesh? Um, by, by January, or really late December, the Law Tech game, can we mesh uh, by that point and, and put a product and a team on the floor that can compete? Uh, that's the standard. That's not going to change. You know, I talked a little bit about this last year. Um, and, and from that point, I thought we changed. But the entitlement really bothered me here. And not that we had bad guys. I just felt like we're living and acting like we earned those banners, those NCAA tournaments up top, and we were acting like we deserved the respect and attention of that when we hadn't done anything yet. You know, and I told our guys this year, you got to earn that right. You know, you have to earn that right to walk around the city with UTEP and be, uh, you know, like we haven't earned that. We haven't earned that in 12 years around here, you know, so let's let's get to work, you know, and, and, and trust the process. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a year. It's going to take some time um, and we'll continue to, you know, build this thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, nobody's going to work harder than us. You know, we're going to work hard. We're going to get the building blocks. We're going to build the foundation of this in year two uh, of the way we want this program going moving forward, you know, and uh, but the standard will never change. You're at UTEP. The standards shouldn't change. You know, we're pushing, we're pushing every envelope here. You know, we're pushing. Uh, you know, I'm talking to Jim Center all, all the time. You know, and we have to, we have to continue. You know, we're, we're trying to sell out the game in the dawn for the New Mexico State game with the 915 campaign. I loved the 915 campaign. I, I mean, we have to continue to get creative ideas. We have to continue to push the envelope. We we got to quit acting like average is okay around here. You know, average is not okay around here. You know, if we want to be what we what we want to be, that was the problem at ACU. ACU had no winning history. So everybody was okay with average. It was like average was accepted and it was celebrated, you know, and average should never be accepted or celebrated at UTEP basketball. When you walk into the dawn and you see the history, you see the tradition, we've got to get it back to that standard, man. So to get it back to that standard, you have to have high standards. And each and every day we wake up and we're chasing those standards. Well, that's perfect. That's a good mic drop, coach. Hey, can't wait for uh, November 7th, Texas and UTEP. Yeah, great night. It's going to be fun. Obviously, first game ever in Moody. Uh, We're playing the top 10 team in the the country. Uh, Whoever did our scheduling deserves to be fired uh, for that. But it's going to be a great night. You know, Coach Beard's a great friend of mine. It's a great opportunity. Uh, and we're going to get a ton of attention from that game. It's going to be great for our program. Uh, and then we come back and the home, owner, home opener playing a really, really good New Mexico State team, although different. Um, Greg Howard's done a great job of getting a really good team together. He's got a ton of talent over there. He's a hell of a coach. So, you know, our first two games right off the bat uh, are going to be exciting. And I know our fans are going to be excited about that. And uh, hopefully we're up for the challenge. Thanks again for doing this, Coach. Appreciate you. Thanks for all your help.